the key to time is a perfect cube which maintains the equilibrium of time itself. They create a power too dangerous to possess. My name is Ramana Bharatna Lunda, the president of the Supreme Council, sir. One of us is doomed to die. Doctor, do something! The key to time consists of six segments. These segments are scattered and hidden throughout the cosmos. These segments must be traced and returned to me before it is too late, before the universe is plunged into eternal chaos. Execute them. No survivors. today's episode as if someone said to me ah he's in the place of fires i go you're a mad bitch they didn't they were like okay let's go to the place of fires i happened to see a question earlier which was what were the seeds of death and what were the seeds of doom and i'm like how long have you got (laughs) oh they were like boots. They were amazing. They were sturdy and solid for the snow time, but they were little ballet crossover things all the way up. Hello and welcome to World Enough and Time. My name is Andy. And I'm Alex. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Let's say I'm good. (laughs) Because you are good. We all know it is true. You are working, you have a spring in your step. I'm sure of it. I do. I feel so springy. Springy. Look at me bounce. Like a little babbit in the springtime, no less. (gasps) Oh, I love the little babbit in the springtime moment. Isn't it good? So gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. So many quotes to share today. There really is. Unstoff is just a font of brilliance, isn't he? Yes. Yes. He really is. Um... But before we get there, yeah, no, I need God, to find out. Yeah, we marched ahead, didn't we? <laughs> we did, rather. Oh, by the way, I shan't be playing any tricks on you, even though it's April Fool's Day. I, I won't. I refuse. Because okay. <laughs> I remember you were very angry last year. <laughs> Furious. Furious. I don't think I'm fully over it, to be honest. No, I don't believe in that. I don't think we were a very April fool family. I don't me- remember doing it. It just feels quite bizarre. Feels like, feels like something that common people would have done. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> the commoners just over there. Yes, then. Well, we, we were in the vicarage, darling. All the commoners yeah, lived yeah. In the, on the main we street. Don't do April Fool's in the vicarage. It's not right. Um, <laughs> no. So good. I'm glad we got there. 
<laughs> Thank you, please. So, um, I have to ask you, in time honoured tradition, that yes. age old question. Yes. What have you been watching on TV? Oh, gosh, the preparation is always so lame. Okay, I have been. Well, actually, I've, I've re listened to one of our podcasts, and there's something I really ought to be watching, isn't there? That bloody thing that was done by the favourite dude. Why am I not watching that? Because I'm not. The great, the one yes. I talked about for ages. Yes, it sounded really good. <laughs> not watching that. And, uh, I, I do watch crap. Um, I have been watching the first series of Scott and Bailey. Just why? Why? What is Scott and Bailey? What is um, that? Saran Jones and that oh. lass with a wide but not long nose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm that, glad we've got the nose parameters sorted. <laughs> it's like wide nose and long nose combo. Um, and that other lass, I, I'm good at describing, that was in Ashes to Ashes who played um, Keely Hoare's mum. I don't remember her mother. Oh, she was really good. She was the solicitor one. Oh, yes, I do. She's very She's good. She's brilliant. Yes. What else has she been in? We know her very well. Yes, we do. <laughs> and she's she's the chief inspector woman in Scott and Bailey and she's so good and she's got the same accent and she's really fierce and I love her. That is very annoying. We need to find out what she's called. Quick smart. Yes, I know. Could you hurry, please? Um, but yes, so I, I've been watching that and I feel quite... Oh, and was I watching a lot of Hunted last time I spoke? What, the um, Melissa George thing? Nope. No, not the drama. <laughs> is it no, the, the the reality TV show? All <laughs> oh, right, okay, yes, the British version or not? <laughs> of course, um, but yes, loving that. It's it's, really? it's something that Christy and I can really share. Hack his phone, hack his hardware, search his house. It's quite strange because he he will say, "Can we stay up and watch another one?" And it's like, really? Um, yeah, no, he's he's making him happy, which is actually oddly making me happy. That's not usually the way it goes. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been good. I started with series four, which is the most disappointing of all of them. Um, Who's in that one? We have watched some of them. Scott and uh, Scott and Bailey. I'm in there. <laughs> I'm in there. Um, series four is the terrible one where nobody wins at the end. The, the oh. helicopter kind of no one can get to it because they've already let let you know where the bloody end point is so it was rubbish but then oh there was that beautiful one where that autistic lad wins oh <gasps> yes i can love him john i was john just loved so that one. emotional he was so happy yes i was worried that he might not win because then john would have been distraught mm. <laughs> yeah so lovely so lovely yeah. and also Very the good. one before the one before, see, I go backwards. I started at four and went backwards. The dude, there was a house husband and he didn't have much confidence, but he was a very nice man who was just polite to people. He didn't have any confidence at all and he won as well. And oh, he was just yeah. utterly adorable. My greatest advantage uh, in this is my politeness. Excuse me, sorry. Hello, sorry. And it's always the wankers who don't win, which I love. It's, yeah, the yeah. wankers tend not to get very far. That's but, true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Amelia Bullmore. Did you get there? That's yes. I was just about <laughs> to say Amelia Bullmore to you. <laughs> Never more have people been more desperate to say Amelia Bullmore's name on a podcast than I this moment. I didn't ring the bell though, the name, but yes, she's great. She's brilliant. And Leslie Sharp is the one with the wider, le yet not long nose. 
<laughs> I don't know Good. why the notes are so important. Good. But yeah, so yeah, it's just it's just background trash that I can really get into, yeah. and it is great. So, so I have been watching on TV. I've been mainlining Shit's Creek. I think it's more observation than I thought it was going to be because it was sold to me as a, a laugh out loud comedy and quite often I'm like I feel like I'm just watching goings on in a town and not yes. finding it particularly funny yeah okay that's I, the same yeah it's not but, awful like I like the people I like the characterization like the, yes. the main dude like the um the son of the the, David. the father and son one um yeah he's yeah. I think he's fantastic and you do really the relationships they all build between each other are so believable and so wonderful. Like, that yeah, bit I get, yeah. but it's so not laugh out loud. And that's the bit that I don't understand. Like, are Americans there laughing out loud? Because I, I don't know what they're laughing out loud at. Well, it's Canadian, isn't it? So I think yeah. it's more of a British sensibility because it's a Canadian series. But it's mainly Americans, isn't it? No, it's not. They're Canadians. Well, she's American. The Home yes. Alone mother. Catherine O'Hara, yes. Yes, okay. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm on halfway through series three and it's picking up. It's picking I'm, up. I'm... Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know everyone so well and Alexis doing this all the time. And I don't know, I love it whenever Alexis says, when she doesn't want to do anything, with some, someone just suggested something and she's like, I love that journey for you. <laughs> <laughs> I use that all the time with Rose, you know, watching it. And like, if she wants me to do something, I'll say, I love that journey for you. <laughs> <laughs> Not for me. Not going to be Yeah, happy. her character is great. She is, yeah. like, really, yes, very well done. Okay, yeah. all right. I'm, I, I don't feel like I've missed out. I feel like I know I know the journey you're on, but I won't be, I won't be joining you on it. In Are you loving that journey for me? Yeah, I really am. <laughs> Good. Gosh. So, is that it? Well, is that all we've watched? Oh, oh, I have been watching other things. I just that was the one I plucked from my mind that I could remember. There have been other things, I'm sure. Oh, great! The Great Pottery Throwdown. Oh yes, has it yes. finished yet? Because I'm I'm not quite there. If it has, no, I've about th- well, I think it's almost there. It probably okay. is, but we watched the one where they got into the quarterfinals last night. So we're a bit okay. Behind. So I'm I'm one behind. Oh no! So was that was the one after the terracotta one? Was it? Yes. Yeah, I've seen. Okay, seen the same as you then. We're on the same one. It's mm. <laughs> weird. It's absolutely <laughs> brilliant, fantastic, mate. Absolutely. I mean, I was crying before you even <laughs> took it off the bench. It's brilliant. It looks fantastic. It's the best thing you've ever done. It's the best thing you've ever made. I love it. <laughs> yes. Good. Yes, no, I love it. Really love it. Important. And I'm quite happy yes. with that lass who's um, presenting it. Works for me. Yes, we like Siobhan McSweeney. We do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very much. And who do you um, want to win? Oh. Well, initially I wanted Sal, but then she got into a bit of a, a state and went a bit weird and angry one week. And I was like, I hate it when you... old people get angry like that and they laugh yes. out. Don't like yes. it. Yes. Didn't I like it. Remind me of old people. <laughs> like other people are allowed to get angry, but not old people. <laughs> no. 
And she suddenly reminded me of someone who used to work for me who who was very similar and suddenly had this side to her that was terrifying. So I was like, mm. not you. No, you don't want you anymore. Um, I really like the Welsh lass. She's adorable. <laughs> I do as well, but she's so broad Welsh. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's just... She's so I mean, like, I think she's the one that makes him cry the most, so maybe she should win the most. <laughs> yeah, I think that's basically the aim of it, isn't it? How often do you make him cry? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, completely. I quite like the um, the gay guy. I don't know his name. That's terrible. I know him as the gay guy. That's awful. The blonde hair? Or... No. No, the other one. The other one? Um... The other gay guy. <laughs> no, he's not gay anyway, the blonde one. Henry. Is he not? <laughs> no, the one who built all the amazing octopus thing uh, and everything. Yes. yes. Him. He's lovely. I don't know his name. No. But we like him. I don't think I know anyone's name, so I don't feel so bad about that. Okay. And I'm desperate for Hannah to go with her hair. No, Is Hannah not the having... big curly hair. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just because you think it's too lovely. No. You don't no. like the hair. <laughs> it was lovely hair. No. Okay. <laughs> not a fan of the old hands. <laughs> Okay. We were willing her stuff to fail. When she was crying about the McCaw, John and I were gleeful. We were like, come on, <laughs> McCaw death. <laughs> oh, yes, I was quite sad about that for her. I was enjoying old hands. Okay, gosh. Now I know. Alon annoys me because he's always trying to break the rules and that gets a bit tiring after a while. Someone who yes, it's up. like, make sure this is the focus of it and then it's just like completely hidden in the background. It's like, no, that's not what we just said. And it's fucking fruit bowl. What a state that was. That, <laughs> was I was arguing, I was, I was describing that to someone the other day in an angry way. <laughs> Massively angry about that bowl. Weeks later. <laughs> it was then I don't know. Are you the same as me? Like, if anyone on a program ever says they're going to do something deconstructed, I always like, no, <laughs> right there. <laughs> it does feel like an annoying cop out, but I possibly get less angry than you. But that's only. Yeah, I think that's quite man. likely. Yeah. Yes, lots of anger, lots of latent anger. So there we yeah. go. Oh, Great good. pottery throwdown. That yes, was a rich seam. Mutual one. Yes. <laughs> so. As you can see, now that we have glorious um, in-vision recording sessions, Yes, glorious. I'm now rolling out, and it's making quite a trundle. Isn't it? I'm rolling out. Watch those wood floors. <laughs> I am, darling. I am, sweetie. I'm rolling out the time-space visualizer as I live Good. and breathe. Good, so I'm this glad. Time, it's time to watch some time-space television. <gasps> This machine. I've already told you, my dear. It's a time space visualizer. You mean a sort of time television? Yes, like that. Yes, that's exactly what this is. So, as we wend our way back down the years into pop and music history, yeah, yeah, what are we going to look at this week? What are you choosing from the the chocker blocky tower of tapes yeah, to, stick yeah in, I've got to, one. to stick in the slot definitely got one if you just uh you say yours first <laughs> okay so i thought 1978 Rib- reboss operation look i've already said riboss operation let me just say for me it'll always be the riboss operation always i know it's not but in my head it always is but anyway i thought it's 1978 maybe i'll choose something from the week that it was on or the month that it was on didn't like any of the songs no so i decided to go back earlier Lucky, Good. 
listener, you're going back further than Rivers of Babylon, Boney M, which was my choice. And I'm like, no, I can't play that. No. No. So I discovered that Darts, my favourite group when I was six. Weird. Why did I like a doo-wop group when I was six? Don't understand. (laughs) Um, But they were number two with a song called It's Raining that I don't know. Oh, nice. What I should play is the song that I had, which was my first single by them, Come Back My Love. Oh, no. Don't go away, yay. Yes, beautiful but odd. I still don't understand why there was a doo-wop moment in the late 70s. Okay, I like it though. I'm just making a note of it so I can put it on my uh, playlist. I like a bit of that. Well done. Good. Good. Um, I'll take that as a win. Yeah, absolutely. You know we've only done this like about six times or four times or something. I still feel Mm -hmm. like... I'm quite likely to choose one that we've chosen before. <laughs> that would be quite a, that'd be quite an ability. <laughs> but honestly, my brain, I will ha- I have no memory of anything that's been chosen previously. So the one that I would like, and I'm really hoping we've never chosen before, that's is so funny. Hit Me With Your Rhythm Stick. In <gasps> the Blockheads. We haven't had it. Good, thank Brilliant. for that. Hit me, hit me. <laughs> <laughs> Deserts of Sudan and the gardens of Japan from Milan to Yucatan. Every woman's every man. Hit me with your rhythm stick. Hit me, hit me. Shitado, ich liebe dich. Hit me, hit me, hit me. Hit me with your rhythm stick. Hit me slowly, hit me quick, hit me, hit me, hit me. Well, that was Gosh. beautiful, beautiful. Was that 78 as well? I don't know. Not a freaking I think it was blue. around that time. I feel like we're in the same ballpark arena. Nice. Good. Was that that me being slightly topical? This doesn't happen. 77. Not far off. Not far off. Don't don't be topical again. It confuses us, Alex. (laughs) Disconcerting. (laughs) 
<laughs> I can cope with many things, not that. No. Um, I'm pushing it back into the corner again. Good. I'm putting a, a cover over it. Could you put like a little like square of carpet underneath it to save the floor for next time? Thanks. I think I shall. Okay, I think I good. Shall. Or could I just carpet the little casters? <laughs> they won't turn. <laughs> People can't see me doing the carpet the casters movement with my finger. But we could carpet the casters. You could carpet the casters. That's a good call. Yeah, this, could, this is a project for another lockdown that will never happen in the UK. Oh my God. You guys. Well, so we'll on see. top of the game. Um... <laughs> oh, I see that was sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You were so slow to the party on that one. <laughs> now you've squashed my favourite Beatles. Anyway, what I have before me in my little mitts, it's just going to come up onto the screen slowly. Oh, oh, oh you're not looking. Oh, oh I'm looking. Oh. I'm looking. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, good. It's time like for a it. quiz. Time for a quiz. Now then. I've decided to go for a quiz that you might be a bit worried about. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> now, it's not, it's not Adventures of the Second Doctor. Right. First? I thought I was good. Well, you can help me decide. But I thought we'd go for Adventures in History. <laughs> piece of pain. So that generally means it's going to be first and second, doesn't it? Alternatively, for your friend Mon... Hello, Mark. Yes. Um, we could go for Adventures of the Third Doctor. Yes, they, yes. Let's assuage Mom's requirements. Yes. But I think we should be careful and go for a co-op. Because yes, please, God. these quiz books are rock hard. Yes. Yes, I like that. It makes me feel safer. I think the thing I don't like about them is they ask very broad questions. No, like they I, don't have I, a definite I happen, answer. I happened to see a question earlier, which was, what were the seeds of death and what were the seeds of doom? And I'm like, how long have you got? <laughs> for a long time. I can do a thesis if you need. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I feel that that might be the territory we're about to go into. So anyway, it's time for a quiz. Quiz! Quiz! Okay. I always like to see the volume override. It's a pleasing moment. So, <laughs> <coughs> Adventures of the Third Doctor 2. Number one, who was the time monster? Who was the time monster? Monster. He was Kronos, the man with the boots and the wings. Yes, or Kronos even. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Kronos, the man with the boots and the wings. That was one we watched when we, you were recovering from your accident, wasn't it? Oh, is that when I watched it? Yeah. I think that was when you last watched it. And I think you didn't know it very well. But No, I really didn't. Is, do you think Kronos is enough of an answer? Yes. He was a chronovore. and Yes, he was. Yes. And he was used by the master. They were trying to use his power... For goodness the knows things, what needs, things. and he ended up plans. destroying Atlantis. Yeah, yes, well, you would. Yes, I don't, I don't know anything else about him. You're oh, going to just get Kronos. That's going to be the answer. Do you think? Okay, number two. Deep breath. I think we need Mon. Really, name mm. all the members of the assessment committee who came to <laughs> who came to Pelot. 
the phrase assessment committee put me in a world of corporate world of death. <laughs> it's very I don't remember scary. ever being called that. No. Name all the members of the assessment committee who came to Peladon to investigate the planet's application to join the Galactic Federation. Gotcha. Okay, so we've got now. Okay. Is that curse or is it monster of Peladon? That's curse. Is it? Yes. Are they the, they're the assessment committee because they've already joined it by monster, yes? Yes, they have. They're in. You're either um, out or you're in. Yeah. Leave or remain. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, so we've got... Just get Alpha Galactic Centauri. Federation done. Yes. Yeah, no, exactly. We've got Alpha Centauri. We've got Arcturus. We've got... Leah. Is Leah. Well done. Wouldn't have got yes. it if you hadn't that. And um, Sorg. No, he's Sorg. not a member. He's just a soldier. Yes. Okay, good. Him. Anyone else? <clears throat> Well, the Earth delegate who didn't turn up was called Amazonia. Nice. So Good. it's whether the, the Doctor and Joe are counted. The Doctor and Joe, the Doctor and Joe, sweetie. Yes, that's all you need. Is there no one else then? Is that it? It doesn't feel like enough people. It feels it like a scant committee. <laughs> that committee could do dangerous things. They need to have a, a broader remit. Yes. I think so too. Yeah. Unless... Oh no, they're coming to investigate, so there's no... There's no Peladon members. So, like, Torbis and Hepesh aren't on that committee. No, they're they can't be no. members yet. No, they're not assessing anything. They would just say, yes, we'd like to join. That's not the point. <laughs> okay, well, let's see later on. Okay. Number three. Which alien race was known by the Sobriquet? Oh, God. How do you say that? Sobriquet? Sobriquet. Sobriquet. Thank you. Sue. Which alien race was known by the Sobriquet of dragons? I know this one. Well, of course you do. I can tell by that very knowing look and the smile, the cheesy, happy smile upon your face. Okay, the dragons. Which race are known as the dragons? Okay, um, the Silurians. But then you can jump in and correct me. Draconians. Oh, they are. Of course they are. That's where it comes from, the silly bees. Earth slang, wasn't it, for draconians? It was kind of like saying terrible things about people of colour. It's the kind of was the equivalent in ah, Earth at that time. Sure. Nice. Um, number four. After the Master's attempt to destroy Axos failed, how did the Doctor defeat the space parasite? Oh, I do can I just help? That... Yeah, can I just on. help by saying, I have no idea? Okay, no, that's really helpful. Um... <laughs> It, I, I, all I can remember is a feeling of real, quite solid disappointment within Claws yeah. of Axel. So I imagine it was something I feel it's like over, very overrated story. Or something very like overrated. You we'll come to it late. Salt over his shoulder and. <laughs> I think that's more Fendelar. Fendelar. Fendeline. Um, it, it wasn't a good thing. It was, it was very. I basic. seem to remember something experimenting with some sort of Bicycle gas pumps. boiling over <laughs> or something. What did you say? Bicycle pumps. Used appropriately, no. A tea cosy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All of them are possible. I just want to say he sort of blew it up, but he I'm sure he didn't. That's that's quite likely, isn't it? They did a lot of that. Did he reverse the polarity of the neutron flow? Oh, he could have done, couldn't he? Oh. Okay, I'm quite I excited like to find some, out now. I feel like there's some sort of gas. Anyway. Number five. What was the power source of Professor <laughs> What was the Power source of Professor Thaskalis 
Tom Tit Machine. Thascalese? Thascalos? Thascalese? Tom Tit Machine. What was the power source? I know this one. I know this one. Sweetie. So this was... So this was Time Monster, wasn't it? Yes. Okay, so what was the power source? It was behind a glass thingy. Yes, it must have been dangerous. It was. Um, It was a thing. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to visualise what the thing was. It was... Was it a person or was it a... No, no. I think it might help you to think of our story du jour. Oh, was it like a... A stone or a crystal of some kind. It was a crystal. A it crystal. was the crystal of crystal of Kronos. The crystal of Kronos, no less. Oh my goodness! <laughs> God, I not, don't remember that in the slightest. So bugger. <laughs> okay. Number six. I like to see has a pencil mark next to it, which suggests that on a r- one run that I actually managed to get this one correct. Oh. <laughs> Is that not the ones that you will have marked down as this mo- This might be possible for Alex because he used to oh, do yeah. that. It's probably an Alex possible mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number six. Who was the young archer from the Middle Ages who befriended the Doctor and Sarah and killed Lynx the Santaran? Oh, the lovely Hal. He, he died this year. Jeremy Bullock. Yes. Oh, nice I bet he's topical. been loved forever more in the Doctor Who circles, though, hasn't he? Yeah, but more for Pete being Boba Fett in Star Wars. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Rubbish. Stain. Compared to Hal the Archer, what the hell? I know. That just makes no sense. A much, a much better role, in my opinion. Um, okay, number seven. What was the consequence for the Salonians of Professor Jaeger's experiments on the atmosphere of their planet? Salonians, Professor Jaeger. I said Jaeger. It could be... No, it wouldn't be Jaeger, would it? You wouldn't pronounce the J. I wouldn't have ja- so. Professor Jaeger bomb. Yeah. <laughs> Salonians. Salos. Yes. I know the story, so therefore I think I know the answer. Okay. Do you not know? I'll say it again. Do you not know? No. Oh my God. Say the questions. What was the consequence for the Salonians of Professor Jaeger's experiments on the atmosphere of their planet? Was that... No, it wasn't Colony, was it? No, it's the mutants. Oh, they mutated. Yeah, (laughs) that's exactly how I got it, because I knew the story. It caused them to mutate, yeah. Yes, good. We'll find it's a different answer entirely in a moment. Number eight. Why were the inhabitants of Interminer wary of aliens to the point of xenophobia? Is that colony? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> that is Carnival of Monsters. Oh, oh, oh. They were wary because they were all racist. They were. Yeah. But I think I They've think... been told to be racist. It was systemic a... racism. Let's be <laughs> systemic racism. It was systemic racism, sweetie. <laughs> As it so often is. Um, I think it was one tiny word of dialogue in that script that we didn't even mention when we did the Carnival of Monsters story. Oh. Story. Episode, I mean. And I think there was a plague on that planet or something. Oh. At one point that they were worried about in the deep past. Or... They were worried about a revolt from the the people who had mushed faces. The they didn't want them people. getting involved. Yeah, the up people. I'm up here. You're down here. I'm up here. I'm going to jump. 
Okay. I have a vague memory of a plague. Anyway, I'd like I'd like, I'd like plague to be the answer. I would, because that was really ex- a perfect example of the questions from these quiz books, where like one tiny line of dialogue becomes a massive question that yeah. you would never could not possibly have known at the time this was published. Because how would you remember one line of dialogue from twenty years earlier? Well, you ought. You ought to. Actually, only ten years earlier at the time. <gasps> That's terrifying. Wow, it is. You're so old. So <laughs> very old. So are you, darling. <laughs> <laughs> Number nine, also crossed as Alex Possible. Mm. Omega, insane with hatred for his tele time <laughs> For his tele... I can't say it. Omega, insane with hatred for his fellow Time Lords, swore revenge on Gallifrey. Did. How did he take his revenge? Dun, dun, dun. He did something. He did do antimatter. something, darling. Come yes. to my antimatter planet. And exactly. We'll, we'll do things together. You won't like it. And, and you might die. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either. <laughs> I, think, I think it's something to do with a black hole. But... I don't know what he actually did to the Time Lords. I know, like, he brings the Doctor and Co. through into his antimatter world of glory. But what he actually did to the Time Lords, did he steal something? Perhaps. I think he... Did he steal the Eye of Harmony or something, Jean Marsh? Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. How goes the day? <laughs> <laughs> ah, a soldier. <laughs> I'll stop quoting now. Number ten. Who destroyed the doomsday machine and in so doing, I like that phrase, and in so doing, willingly, (laughs) who destroyed the doomsday machine and in so doing, willingly gave up his own life? Who did that? Not a sausage. Cupboard bear. (laughs) Really? You don't know? No. Well, I thought it was the doomsday weapon was in Colony in Space because that's what they called the novel because it was... They thought Colony in Space was too boring a Target novel title. They're right But there. that's a weapon rather than a well, machine. Well, it sounds far too similar for it not to be the same thing. It must be that. So who did but, something to the Doomsday Machine? Well, in that story, you've only got a bunch of colonists who you don't care about, or you've got the miners who you don't care about. There and is you've one doctor- dude, isn't there? Isn't there like you've got a, the Doctor and Joe. You've got them in their gang? In the miners' gang... Yes. No, not the miners gang. The the yeah, the mining company gang. You've got Caldwell, played by Bernard Kay. He's nice. Yeah. But I can't imagine he does that. I know. I think there was because I watched this recently-ish. Ah. No, well, recently-ish. You know my memory. It doesn't. Four years <laughs> ago. Fucking clue what happened. But I'm sure there was like a heroey type character that mm. used to have a bit of. You know, Gail Tilsley was well up for him. Like she was just like. <laughs> there wasn't there. Oh, Possibly. Okay. Let's say Caldwell in the absence of any Let's, other ads. Yeah. <laughs> or Ash. Gail Tilsey's Ash. bit of stuff. Wasn't um, Ash one of them as well? Anyway. Could have been. I'm quite intrigued about these answers. I know. Mon's probably crying and with yeah. anger. <laughs> <laughs> They've got them all wrong. <laughs> right. Uh, we have to find out. You have to find out how she did. We want to know. And she must not lie. She oh you honestly. You don't know Mon if you think she could lie. She is oh, really? the okay. truest, fairest human you could ever meet. Okay, no good. lying there. Like you, Mon. Right, so number one. Kronos the Chronovore. 
Yay! We've got more than just Kronos. That's good. Yes. Good. Okay. Now, here's the assessment committee lineup. Right. Is Leah from Mars yes. with Sorg as his assistant? Well, oh, I said nice Sorg as well. you've got that, yes. Yes, nice catch. Alpha, Cent- Alpha Centauri, Arcturus, and Amazonia oh. from Earth. Yes! <gasps> That's some awe. Oh, my Winners. God. We did well there. Number three, the Draconians. Nice. Number four, by trapping Axos in a time loop. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I told you it was I, disappointing. Now I've seen it written down. I remember it. But it's a, sort of, it's a line of dialogue. It's not really something you see. Maybe oh, do you not? Is. I oh. think you do, actually. But <laughs> You just made that up. Okay. Yeah. Um, five, the Crystal of Kronos. Yes. Six, Hal. Seven, it accelerated their national... National, natural. <laughs> it, it made them nationalists. It made them all vote for Brexit. It accelerated their natural evolutionary development, turning them into mutants. Yes, we got that one. They mutated, sweetie. sweetie. <laughs> yes. Number eight. Because many years ago, the planet had been swept by a space plague introduced by an alien visitor. <gasps> yes. You are amazing. Truly one wondrous. Tiny line it of dialogue from Planet of the Monsters. I don't wow, know how I believe I we that. did that recently. That didn't even come up. It wasn't. For a we didn't even mention it, did we? We talked more about Shirna's bloody boobs than we did about that. Absolutely. She didn't have any boobs either. <laughs> <laughs> Number nine. Ooh. I think we kind of got this one with a nice wind behind us. By draining all their power through a black hole in preparation for his coming to Gallifrey and ruling the Time Lords. Okay. But I didn't realise that was the out. That was the plan. I I on, I can't blame them for that currently. I think it's been so long since I've seen the three doctors that it could be. It could, <laughs> it could be, be could be true. I love how you're giving them that. It could be true. <laughs> it could be. It could be the actual part. I'll reserve judgment. Oh, by the way, I feel like I need to make a formal and very fulsome apology to Nigel Robinson. Last time on the pod, I said he was it. wrong, but I just wasn't reading where the comma was. <laughs> So it's like, so you know Joe and Lartep, Petal to his yes. mates. Um, I yes. said that he was wrong, saying it was on Scarrow. But I was thinking, on what planet was this happening? It was on Spiridon, as you said. But he was asking her to have a new life with her on Scarrow, even though they weren't on Scarrow. So right. So Nigel Got Robinson you. was. Where shall we have a new life on Scarrow? Yes. Where did you ask the question on Scarrow? Got it. Yes. So, nice. apologies, Nigel Robinson. Nigel Robinson was actually fucking furious. For a week. He'd been at my door. No, a week, a month. Banging. <laughs> banging on this door. Will you please stop Out banging in front of my day. door, Nigel Robinson? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for setting the record straight. We can all sleep tonight, thank I, you. No, I was very worried. Honestly, the amount of times I the amount of time I spent editing these episodes, and then I do a listen back as well to make sure that it's okay. And I, it was it was like it wasn't until it went live and I listened to it again that I realised finally that I was that I messed up. Still, you wouldn't have edited it to make yourself your sound right, though. Would no, you? You I wouldn't. Kept in your idiocy, incorrect. Always, oh, always keep in the idiocy. Right, number ten. Oh, didn't see this coming. The Guardian of the Doomsday Machine. So oh. the little chap, the little papier-mâché little chap with little arms. Yeah, the little creature. 
in Colony in Space, you need to find no, a picture. It doesn't of him. exist. I do, yes. And I don't think Googling little chap is going to do it for me. <laughs> Put in Guardian <laughs> Colony in Space. See how simple searching is with Andy, the former librarian? <laughs> Ding! You're amazing. I know all of the Google search terms. <laughs> okay, now images, please, sir. Oh! That creature. Yes. But then I haven't seen Colony in Space. <laughs> <laughs> Very different story. <laughs> I feel like I've never seen this story. <laughs> Who the fuck is that dude? Although, no, I, mean, I have. No, you have. Oh, is he in the... He's only in oh. it very briefly. I got in... I, I think I got four episodes in. He mustn't have been in, in the first four episodes. <laughs> How many episodes are there? Six. Yeah, no, we didn't get that far. That's that's <laughs> the story during which Michael e. Bryant, my favourite story he ever told me, and he put it in the book, was that um, he was so upset and distressed whilst directing Colony in Space because it was so much work and so involved, and he, it was his first Doctor Who as a full director, that he actually seriously considered driving his car into a wall so he didn't have to direct it anymore. Wow. Yeah. He was driving his car along the road and said... Actually, I could just take away all of this stress right now. <laughs> Costumes, actors, <laughs> all the location <laughs> filming. If I just drove into this wall, wow! Isn't that amazing? Awful, isn't it? Yeah, that's how bad that must have been. <laughs> that's how bad it is to work with John Pertwee, is what I take from that. <laughs> <laughs> I could just drive into I this can wall. So believe it. He would not be trying to take that stress away by any means. <laughs> So I think it's kind of nice that Colony in Space exists because the alternative was Michael E. Bryant dying. And... Yes, that's true. Yeah. It, it is very good that it exists. That's a good pub quiz question. Which is the only Doctor Who story that almost drew someone to, to suicide? <laughs> I think we'd have some legal claims on that one because I reckon each one must have driven at least one of the bit part act- actors to wanting to give oh, it Oh, that's true. Them. There's probably lots, isn't <laughs> like, there? Like, um, in... Um... <laughs> In this one, in the reboss operation, I, there was I went down a little bit of a rabbit warren because there was um, there was some dude, John Hamill. Have you seen his pictures on IMDb? Oh, it was hilarious. So if you look on IMDb at the actors who were in the reboss operation, yeah, um, there's <laughs> there's a very suggestive one. <laughs> and then he was saying how, um, yeah, how being in the porn industry was, was not his best move, <laughs> but it, but it, it certainly was fun with the ladies or something like that. So I, <laughs> yeah. So basically, this John Hamill dude, who I think played one of the Shreves ah. or something like that, yeah, he basically he he was major major league porn industry in the sixties, and, ah. and that's why he was only able to get shitty roles in the seventies because no one would take him seriously. Ah, so yes, know he that. may. Have had a moment near a wall. <laughs> You're listening to World Enough and Time, a classic Doctor Who podcast. Well, I've got a bit of performance art for you now. Are you ready? Oh, nice. Isn't that gorgeous? That's beautiful. Tell the listeners. Tell the listeners what I'm doing. Okay, well, you have just shown the beautiful cover of the Rebus Operation Target novel, and it is stunning. But I will say 
<laughs> it was always one of your favourites, never one of mine. <laughs> it was one of those that you scored really highly. And for I my, didn't see that coming. My liking, I did not see that moment. <laughs> it had two... I, I always rated highly anything with sparkles. Anything that had perhaps like a diamond or a little flash of light in it, that, that was what did it for me. This was too primary coloured. We've got red, we've got blue, we've got yellow and green. It's just, it's beautiful, but no. Yeah, I like you, but you're wrong. Um, <laughs> what I need to make clear about this is this okay. relates to my issue about the reboss operation and how it's been um, mediaized. that's not a word, over the years. I always think you have to use the palette of the story. And yes, this is probably a bit too yellow and green, but I think the palette of the story is white, blue, and red. That they're the colours I associate. <laughs> You're just looking at me stunned. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just thinking they are not the colours of the story. Like that's Absolute, not what I. <laughs> uh, this is a hill. I. This is a hill I will die on. <laughs> <laughs> and the cover of the VHS done by Colin Howard has the correct colours. There's the white, the blue, and the red. The cover of the DVD is all green and wrong. No, I was oh. very angry with the color, cover of the DVD. But this, I saw this and I got it down on the shelf of the book and I was like, these are the correct colours of the Reboss Operation. Wow, I look at that and I think, that looks so cartoon coloured. Like, the drawing's right, the drawing's beautiful, but it's very cartoon coloured in a way that the, sh the story wasn't. The story was quite dark and in a good way, dark and moody, mm. but that doesn't look dark and moody at all. But you've got the beautiful blue sky over the city of Shur. Sky. Oh, this blue sky is gorgeous, darling. Can you spell Shur for me? Because I get confused. I think it's S-H-U-R. Okay. But I would I would like it to be two R's, but I don't think it is. Um, and then you've got the red of the costumes of the soldiers. And then you've got the white of, of Mary Tam's dress. Anyway, yep. I feel... Okay. With after that rather long preamble about colour palettes <laughs> that we're clearly not going to agree on, it is time to discuss our story du jour, which is <gasps> the Rebus Operation. So, Alex, take me back in the day. What is your first memory of the Reboss operation? Okay. I don't know. Um, it will have been good, but I don't... I don't remember when it was I saw it. I have absolutely no memory. Um, okay, so do you think that this was um, a UK Gold first watch for me? I think so, yes. I must have recorded them off UK Gold and you watched them thereafter. Yeah. That's the only explanation I can make in my head. Yes. Maybe I should start with my history with it, that seeing as I go great. back further with it. Yes, please. Okay. So, I would say the key to time season is probably the season that sort of um, solidified my Doctor Who fandom. Even though I was still quite young, I was only six, God bless me. Were you? Yes, but, oh, nice. but I remember really, really loving it and wanting to see what happened and just being so embroiled in the world of glory that was the key to time. Right. So even though I was six, and it's quite a wordy series, it really did affect me in a great way. So yes, it was 
definitely something that was solidifying my excitement and enjoyment about Doctor Who. But I also remember the rebus operation being very wordy and impenetrable as a six-year-old. I'm thinking, I have no idea what this is about. I can see that there's a nice lady and the Doctor seems to like the nice lady and they're happy and they're searching for segments. But that's probably as the level of detail I had when I was (laughs) six. That sounds like me watching every Doctor Who ever. (laughs) (laughs) But, um... After that, it was probably almost like a lost Doctor Who story for me. One that I kind of like didn't really know what it was about. Didn't really read the novelization. Ian Martyr, God bless him. I never really read his books as much as the others Why because they were just slightly harder. Oh, were they? Oh. Yeah, yeah. As in, they were more descriptive. Better, better written. Better written. Now. Yeah, possibly yes, right. but therefore less digestible for this. Yeah. This very poor reader. Um, and so it was always a missing story for me in some ways and there's a weird moment I've got with the reboss operation I must tell you which is so weird <clears throat> and that is there was a point at which I first started to write little notes in notebooks about Doctor Who stories and and I ca- I wrote a list of what the Doctor Who stories were called for a, a, a project I was doing for school and it was a list of all the stories and I didn't know the name of this story because I had no reference works at the time. Right. And I think all I'd all I'd seen was Paul Brown's magazines, his Doctor Who weeklies. And that was the only reference I had to what the stories were <gasps> oh called. Oh, so pre-internet and pre and without reference yeah. books, you had to pre-program work out guide. What the hell the stories were? Oh my god, that was such yes. a sweet thing that you had to do. <clears throat> and do you know what I did for the reboss operation? What? It was the only one I didn't know the name of. I made a story title up for it. <laughs> what was it? The lady with the lovely dress. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. All I remember was I remember a big stone table in it, and and I think I got mixed up with other stories where weights are going around, like in um, Megalos when they're crushing a weight on the Doctor, and also Underworld. So I felt it had something to do with a big giant stone weight, yeah. which of course it clearly doesn't. No. And no, there's weights. With... There's weights on the door. Remember, keeping the door <coughs> up and down. Good. Yeah. And and because all Doctor Who stories have the word time in them, so I called it the time weight. <laughs> <laughs> Let me watch it. It sounds amazing. <laughs> oh, but so that's just own... so bizarre. It's the only Doctor Who story I renamed because I couldn't remember it. What it's called? You had no access to that vital information. Isn't it weird? It just it's people such of today don't realise what it was like. But that is, it's huge, isn't it? You can't even imagine that situation occurring in your wildest dreams. Now you'd always be able to find that information out. Really, yeah. Like, there's no, there's no way you'd be that removed from the world that you couldn't find out a piece of information like that. It's mental. Yeah. Because the book was out, the target book was out, but I didn't have it at that yeah. point. And it had only been on TV two years before, which is scary. Yeah. When I was doing these little lists, it had only been on two years before, but I wouldn't remember what it was called two oh, years previously. I can't remember last week, so you're doing very well. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's my initial reboss operation story, which is quite amusing. <laughs> it is. It's lovely. So I guess for me, what was it? So yeah. I knew from you that there was a whole season of Key to Time that would blow my mind. I think that you had managed to share that. You'd managed to explain to me how um, how important this would be and the nuss of the, the key to time season just kind of 
you'd you'd got me already before I'd seen any of them. Um, yeah. So I think there was like there was a real sense of anticipation and excitement and things like Treasure Hunt and all the rest of it were like the best shows ever. Anything where you have to find a thing. You yeah. just you're absolutely there already. You don't you don't need to sell it. So yeah, I was excited. Um I I think I was I had a sense that obviously with Mary Tam I'd seen lots of images of her and I just thought she's not going to be that good. She looks so gorgeous. She can't really be that good because generally people are disappointing. Um and and I I think because I'd set myself up with that expectation Perhaps she fulfilled it just because I must have been a bit thick myself because I, I didn't remember being <laughs> blown away by her. Whereas this time I was completely blown away by her. So, yeah, I think if you set your expectations low and you maybe you can kid yourself that people aren't amazing. But, yeah, no, a very odd turnaround. I, I wasn't I remember never being too excited by this one. Um, right. But I really feel like I ought to have been. Hmm. I think it's kind of like I've always said my favourites this season were Stones of Blood and Androids of Tara because they're more obviously fun and they're they're very good traditional Doctor Who stories in a way. Whereas Reboss is quite adult and very dialogue heavy. Mm. And I always, as younger, I I actually think this is probably the first time where I absolutely understood the whole plot and what was going on. Yeah, it, it annoys me because every little time it was like, oh my god, that's that's so funny, and it's just one line after the next. It's just they it just never <sighs> stopped it. It was just absolute magic, wasn't it? Absolutely. I mean, honestly, some the scenes we've got to talk about, which we just, I mean, the one that stands out for me is the is the the glove slapping scene. I just love that so much. Oh, tell me about the glove slapping. I can't even remember that. Oh, you you probably were writing notes and you missed it. Yeah. It's when the, it's when the doctor, the graph, um, gets his, takes his glove off and slaps the doctor in the face with it. And then the doctor's really shocked and he takes, and he gets the glove off and he slaps the graph back in the face. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so brilliant. The, oh, yeah. Oh, it's so good. The doctor's way just works. So because, I think the doctor always works best with a very grumpy foe, doesn't he? Like, if his foe is yes. really... He can't get yeah. the fun of it. It just... It, it makes him just so much naughtier, and it just... It's brilliant. Oh, may I see Hyder spare these grey hairs? Get up, you cringing <laughs> cur! Oh, yes, get up, <laughs> you cringing cur! <laughs> oh, you're just taking my friends for a little stroll! Don't lie! Don't hit a cringing cur! How dare you touch me! Oh. God! Highness! So what dialogue shone out for you? If you have to just name some dialogue that you really liked. Um, I, I liked um, Garen just blending in with his four of the clock and all's well, just out of nowhere. That's <laughs> yes. adorable. Um, what else have I? <laughs> Such an open, honest face. <laughs> the ring of truth. Yes. <laughs> all of that stuff was gorgeous. Um, I think my favourite is when the Doctor turns to Romana when they're in that room and he says, We're not a dirty gang, are we? Of course not. Oh, that's so <laughs> gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> of no. course not, she says. <laughs> no, I didn't write um, many quotes down, actually. I think it did was... did you not? No, I, it was all so wonderful, but it just... I love more what that made me feel. I think that was that's more of the commentary yeah. I've come back with. But yeah, it's yeah, yeah really beautiful. Uh, other moments I loved is when... um. 
when he's hanging in the net and the and Romana notices the lever on the wall. Oh, I think this is to stop animals wandering into the city at night. There's a cocking lever there just below the keystone. Yes. I wondered if you noticed that. That's good. That's very good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Romana was... Uh, <coughs> their relationship, it just... It made me kind of... Again, I, I, I felt... You know how I kind of had a go at you last time about how you ruined um, Zoe for me by, by telling me to wait for, yes. um, for Victoria yeah. because she's amazing. And I was yeah. like, I was ready to get grumpy with you again. Um, and I think because you always loved Lala Ward so much, um, yeah. I was, I never really had much interest in Mary Tam. Like I knew she was gorgeous, but I just kind of, I wasn't expecting any kind of anything from her. I was just like, oh yeah, she's yeah. that one. Um, and so, the the kind of the repartee between like Lala and um, Tom is just it's unmistakable. But really, Mary Tam just the 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 conversation back and forth, the way that she kind of gives him these really withering looks. She kind of she has this aloof way that works so perfectly throughout. Like she was an incredibly believable character. So yeah, what do you think about Mary Tam? I now kind of have the Romanas on equal footing. Yes. But um, I think because I met Lala Ward afterwards and I always found her to be a bit snooty yeah, and not so caring about the fans, she was a bit more, a bit more above it all, Yeah, that I, I've now kind of, I warm to Mary Tam a bit more, if yeah. I'm honest. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's, it's difficult because there's a, so much I love about Lala Ward's Romana, but I think, I think maybe it's partly because she's. I used to underrate her, that now I feel I have to be her biggest cheerleader more. <laughs> she was amazing, and I'm very excited by this episode. I think it was just so nice to see her. Like already, I'm excited. As soon as this starts, we've got the scene set. We've got the. Guardian telling us what the key to time's all about. It's all very quick, 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 and Mazataza comes out and she's just and from the get-go, she's just onto it. She knows her stuff and she is just completely in charge when it comes to the doctor. And it's yeah, it's beautiful. And she doesn't lose that throughout. Yeah. And one of the earliest lines which I think gives us a clue to how brilliantly arch and warm she's gonna be is when she just <laughs> Oh, take a chance, she says to him at one point. And I just love that. She's just like so confident in herself straight away. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yes. No bickering. Never bicker. <laughs> Never bicker. Yes. <laughs> Never bicker. I love that. Very that nice. cosy moment when the three of them are lying down in that oh. alcove. I just, oh, just uh, yeah, die I, for that. It is. It's truly amazing. You're right. It is one of the most beautiful scenes you can imagine. Well, actually, look, yeah. I need to do, I, I need to do um, an overview. Oh, gosh, yes, sorry. Gosh. Right. Rewind. Yes. So, so, Alex, are you ready with the synopsis for the reboss operation? Funny you should ask. I feel like I am the lady for the job. I'm ready for the task. Let me start. Good. Right. What happens is, the Doctor... Oh, I'm already confused. He ends up going out of the TARDIS to a man with a wicker chair. The man with a wicker chair says, got a job for you. Oh, by the way, my guardian, got that. 
thought it would be. You're the only one who could have done this. Um, got to get all these pieces of key to time. I'm the man for the job. By the way, you're going to have a lass with you. I don't think he says a lass. Someone to help you. Goes back in the TARDIS. Meets Mazataza. Gorgeous. Um, <laughs> then, over on sure, we have a couple of blokes. We have a couple of... What are they then? They're rascalies types. They're naughty hats. They're con men, they're con surely. Men. That's it. Con men. They're, they're, they're sleight of hand and silver tongue chaps who are wonderful. Um, and they're doing something odd. At first you're like, don't quite get what's happening. It looks like they're about to break in and steal something. But they don't steal anything. They put something in into a thingy. It's not called a cage, but it's called called a cabinet. Cabinet. Good. Like it. <laughs> cabinet. Um, I'll just supply all the C- I'll just supply all the C words. Con <laughs> men, cabinet. <laughs> Actually, I think all the nouns would be useful, let's be honest. <laughs> I'll just do some really odd bits in the middle. Okay, good. Um, on the other hand, we've got the Graf Vindicay. He is an angry man. He wants to get his throne back. He has been around the, the whole of the universe lots of the places he's been to a lot of places he's killed. been in that galaxy yeah, certainly galaxy let's go with that he's killed a lot of people he's got he's got a nasty way about him he thinks he should buy this planet use it as his place to go off and conquer his own planet somewhere else um nice plan then he sees oh my goodness there's jethric in this inventory there's jethric over there there's more to this place than meets the eye. I definitely want it. But he also doesn't trust many people. He realises soon enough that actually these wonderful con men are conning him, even though they do such a lovely job of conning him. Honestly, it was the most adorable little con. I wish they'd got away with it because there were just, there were so many layers to it. It was beautiful. They were trying to convince him. There's more than one reason that they should buy this planet. Loved it. Uncle Prent turns up. Brilliant. Nobody realised Uncle Prent was going to be here. He is. He's just a very sweet man with a lovely hat who just adds a little bit of joy to the whole proceedings. Um, He then is like, oh my goodness, they've stolen my gold and the Jethric that I really wanted. I'm going to get them. They get get a brilliant screamy lady. Oh my goodness, mad screamy lady. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, she's so good. But they all believe everything she says. If someone said to me, Ah, he's in the place of fires, I'd go, You're a mad bitch. They didn't. They were like, Okay, let's go to the place of fires. Um, so that happens. End up in the catacombs. Ah, I got a C word sorted for C words now. Well um, done. And everyone seems to die with lots of rubble around them. Um, apart from. Oh no, the Graf does die in the end. Graf dies. Doctor's alright. Unstuff and our lovely Garen, they are absolutely fine because they end up with the Graf's ship with all of the spoils in there. So everyone's happy. Nasty people die. Oh, Finro, didn't even talk about you. The loveliest little man in the world. We'll get there later when we go into more detail. The end! <laughs> the end! Yes. Yes. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard work. That. So I always work up the stuff Before we get into Reboss as a world, for it is a world, and this is one of the reasons why I love the Reboss operation, can we just talk about the key to time premise and what you think about that 
overall structure for the season. Okay. I like having a stone per story. I do, not a stone, like a piece, a segment, for goodness sake. Yes. Um, I think that's a lovely way to tie all the little um, the stories together and it gives a purpose. I, I do like a purpose. It, it, it winds me up when it's just the Doctor not being able to control the TARDIS so we just wandered here. Like it just, it gives yeah. them a bit more of a um, a reason for being. It it gives Romana a degree of power over the whole proceedings because she kind of yes. gets what's going on more than anyone. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that whole premise works for me. I think the only thing that lets me down for it is at the end where they're like, oh, well, that was a bad idea. Let's just throw the segments back all over the place again. Like that, that winds yeah. me up. It's an annoying end. But aside from that, I yeah. think the whole premise is lovely. And yeah, was very exciting for me as a kid. Yeah, agreed. I mean, the original plan, I don't know whether you know, was that the, the new producer, Graham Williams, who'd started the previous series, was that he would use that for the, his first season with Leela. Um, and then it got complicated due to issues, so they held it over to this season. What were the issues? Um, the main issue was the the story of the Witch Lords, which was became State of Decay later on because there was a BBC version of Dracula going out, oh. and and they were told they can't make this one because it would compete with their own Dracula series, so they have to cancel it. So lots of cancellations and not being prepared enough for season 15, which is why it's a bit dodgy in places. Oh. And they dropped the key to time theme because it was just making it all too much complicated. Wow. Yes. But it was actually his original pitch document for being producer was he pitched the key to time idea. Nice. And they liked it. So, But then he didn't use it until his second year. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's quite cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, it yes. does work lovely. Um, all right. Tell me your thoughts on the whole, the scam, the plan, the hustle. What are your thoughts on the whole thing? I, I just seem to be so unaware of, of things sometimes. <laughs> like, I hadn't realised the operation, the reboss operation, is that that's the name for a scan or a confidence trick, is an oh, operation. Yeah, I hadn't really thought so, that through, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I know. <laughs> sometimes I think I'm so dumb. Anyway. I think it's because we heard it all so young. That like yes. our first thoughts of these things just stick. I'm with you. I'm Good. glad we understand that now. Yes. I also liked Graham Wilco out. Sorry. <laughs> Graham Wilco. <laughs> it's not Graham. <laughs> it's Roger. <laughs> this is so lovely. All of that stuff between. Them. Do we find out is Unstop supposed to be from um, Earth as well? No, I think he's just learnt things off off Garen. Yeah. But Garen kind of has told him a bit wrong. Yeah. Because cause he doesn't know what Hackney Wick is. You I know. don't know what Hackney Wick is. Well, it's a place in London. Okay. It's a suburb of London. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I think he kind of has this rather sweet relationship with Garen where he just believes everything he's told. Mm. But he doesn't really understand. But they're very close, aren't they? Their relationship was so beautifully nuanced. It was just, they were not even slightly black and white. It was just, there was so much to them. There was like a, a kind of bravado that kind of Garen could show, but there was a vulnerability that they had between each other. They really trusted each other. And whereas Garen kind of almost prided himself on kind of being quite cutthroat and do anything and, you know, try and get away with anything. He also was quite proud of how 
of how he treated Unstoff and how how much he cared about him. Like there was two really different sides to them, and oh, I just I loved as well. Like at the end, that um, oh, what have I written here? The way um, really there's this kind of this ro this royal twat who is supposed to have all the morals. The people who get like really furious about the the bad behaviour, like Unstoff is just furious about what happens to Binro. He's the one who's like morally kind of so shocked how bad how they've treated ben Binro, whereas mm -hmm. they're kind of the, they're supposed to be the villains, but they're not. They are really the good people throughout. They are they're a bit naughty, but they are good, kind humans who care really about other humans when it matters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we have to um, we have to talk about Binro and that scene. I mean, it's arguably one of the best scenes in all of Who. I think. It's, yeah, it's almost like you want to cry, isn't it? It's just so beautifully done. Yeah, yeah. So this was the second time John had watched Reboss, okay. and he hadn't remembered the first time. And why would you? Because it's one of those stories you forget. I mean, some people even make up names for it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The time wait would have been a stunner. <laughs> yeah. But um, he watched this scene um, two nights ago and he just went, he just made this noise, ah, when that scene was showing. He's just like, oh, I love him so much. And then I was so worried because I, I remembered that Binro died, but I didn't remember how and I thought it was quite throwaway and I knew he was going to be upset and he was. And it was like, he was like, he said, no, when Binro was killed, he was really unhappy about it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, no, just that whole... <clears throat> Binro was right bit was just oh yeah. it just felt just so yeah. beautiful his just the look on his eyes that kind of what you've done for me now is just you can't undescribable it's just you've changed everything for me and it was kind of it was worth it and oh and him explaining you know you know those things in the sky they're not ice crystals or whatever it is it was just yes. oh so, it was yeah it was so gorgeously done it really was but also was. the fact that he was still he wasn't like brave or heroic like <laughs> that bit where he's walking along with um unstoff and he's like do you want to go back he's like Yes. No. <laughs> it was just it was gorgeous. It's like I completely want to go back. This is fucking terrifying. But yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. He was just the most gorgeous character in the world. Yes, he really was. Binro, mm. supposing I were to tell you that everything you've just said is absolutely true, there are other worlds, other suns. You believe it too? I know it for a fact. You see, I come from one of those other worlds. Oh, you? Well, I thought I thought I should tell you because one day, even here in the future, men will turn to each other and say, "Binro was right." <laughs> I think very much this time I was also really pleased with Paul Seed's performance. I think he does insane just so well. Is that, the that sort of okay? Yeah. Okay. The sort of insane royaltyness of too much pure blood and too much support and a horrible nice. sort of um how that breeds insanity and every, yes men all around you and all of that just But that that relationship uh, between him and Sholak was it's something I think we've seen quite a few times 
on TV, isn't it? It's just that that he's he plays a good Batman, doesn't he? No, Batman, mm. Batman, not Batman, 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 <laughs> Batman, Batman, Batman. He's a <laughs> Batman. And he does, he plays that role really well, Sholak, where he's yeah. he actually, at some point, he's actually really egging the graph on. He's like really trying to get him. Yeah. They get a lot of pleasure from that shared cruelty that they have. And they're like, oh, yes, war, isn't it brilliant? They're like, they'd have that way between them where they really do kind of get worse and worse with each other, trying to think of something more and more gruesome. Um, and it just, yeah, you can see how that can when you're just in that for a really long time, you do lose all morals. You do just end up, you know, you've just been alone with your evil thoughts and your evil people around you for so long that really sanity is miles away from what you're thinking. Yeah. I mean, Sherlock's just as bad as... Oh, he's awful. Because you kind of... Yes, you kind of... I kind of had a feeling like he wasn't quite so bad, but he's terrible because he's like... He's his enabler, really. Oh, He's enabling all this this madness. Awful. Yeah. No, he. there's quite a few times I noticed he really kind of he incited the graph into thinking things that he wasn't even thinking at the time. He really did try and create a lot of that shittiness. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, he was, he was a bad man. What did you think about their relationship on another level? Because there's been a lot of fan talk about how there, that there's a... Homos- homosexual relationship between them. I feel like it's such a shame that every time any man shows an emotion about another man that it has to be a homosexual relationship. I think yeah. he felt really emotionally just yeah. devastated that his yeah. best mate was dead, but I don't think there was anything homosexual in any part of that relationship. They were super close because they had been together through everything, but it was a very much... Yeah. The Graf is in charge. The Sholak is his enabler and confidant. Um, and they would tell each other anything in that way. Um, and it's probably a lot stronger than a lot of friendships based on that because they really only had each other. But yeah, it just, it seems so, yeah, so far from what was happening to call that a homosexual relationship in my eyes. Yeah, that that's what I think as well, actually. I think it's one of those things that's been claimed um, too strongly. Um there's a very close connection and i think it's also the camera angle like when he kisses his eyes the first time he kisses his right eye it looks a bit like he's kissing him on the lips when he's when he's dead right. but i think he's just kissing his his right eye then his left eye and it's just like yes it is affectionate but they are so close as you say so yeah i i feel the same good yeah i, I do think we need to really start making it more normal for men to be able to to be affectionate and loving and show emotion. <laughs> I think it's probably time. <laughs> I think we're, we're <laughs> Do you think? Start that Finally. Yeah. yeah. I'll avenge you, Shalak. I'll bombard this stinking planet till it's nothing but a smoking hole in space. Can I talk about the thing I love the most about the reboss operation? Yes. Well, actually, I'm not. I'm going to lie because the first thing I love the most is the quotes. But the thing I love most now, I'm telling you, it's the thing I love most. Is the the whole world building of reboss and the ice time and the sun time 
and the whole feel of that city and that you could come from the north. Yes. The fact that you've got Shreven Zales in a habitat on the tundra and then they come back out of the tundra into... Yes. Or the fact that you've they've really thought about how all that works. Yes, I completely agree. I have got quite a few notes about how the scene setting is wonderfully done. You really trust each aspect of that world. There is so much more. Like the, the, the consideration of... Yeah. To, uh, of Garon saying he's from somewhere in the north or something like that. Like, obviously, to break that by saying, oh, we've travelled from anywhere far away, would any other planet would be completely awful. They'd have to fit in with that world and what the people around them expect. Yeah, no, it, it, it works really well. It doesn't feel like that it's just going from corridor to corridor. There is a whole world outside of that. Like, I can imagine where that fictitious mine is. Like, it's, it's all really well set up. Like, I can picture it now. Yeah. Agreed. Now we come to the Shrevenzale or Shrevenzale. Thank do you... you very much, sir. Zal. Tell me. Boy. What about them? Stupid. Yeah. Stupid fucking tongues. Stupid bloody mouths. They're rubbish. <laughs> like they're just. They are absolutely rubbish. But I mean, they're Doctor Who monsters. They do their job. Like that's. I'm not annoyed by them. I'm not scared by them. I don't think anyone is supposed to be. Are they? I'm just a bit disappointed that the one scene where they could have been, if they, that car, car, that claw rather, had been hard yes. and been put out on a stick rather Very than being wobbly. flubbly. I know, really. It was so flubbly when it was going through the. And if that had just been a hard claw, it would have made yeah. all the difference, and you'd have believed it. I need Ugh. to understand what was happening in that scene where, basically, it looks <laughs> like it's. How did how did Romana get trapped under that door? Like was she under she, it forever? She, yeah, she went under the door to see what was going on, and as John said, I don't know how she didn't see the Shrevenzal sleeping there. That was insane. So she's there standing next to the creature, and then the bell goes, and she sees the creature, and then she tries to go back under, but rather than helping pull Romana out, he just needs to grab her and pull her out. The doctor decides to go under the door as well and gets halfway stuck under it while Romana is halfway stuck the other way. Yeah. And the Shrevenzal then is fully awake and that's the end of episode one. It's just yes, a it completely constructed yeah. cliffhanger. <laughs> it's just... So, okay, so was that door always slightly down then? Yes. Oh, you see, because I was just trying to work it out. I was like, so... Well, she just stood there and waiting for a really long time until <laughs> they get to the point where it kind of trapped her almost no, to the ground. No, it was already halfway okay, down. Okay, now that makes a lot more sense. I, I'm amused yeah. by that. Um, the fact that it doesn't make sense makes a lot more sense. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Romana? Doctor, I'm over here! Oh! Oh! Quickly! Oh! Oh! Doctor, do something! Um, I love the little magical electricity wand. I thought that was a adorable mm. little thing. Love them. Very sweet. I want one. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh I, something I... Carry on, yeah. No, I, this is going to be big, so you carry on. Oh, mine is a little small point. Was in the first episode, bismuth is mentioned as one of the, as one of the elements on Reboss. Oh. Um, and bismuth is the element that saved my life because that's what helped me back from bacterial pneumonia when I was dying in hospital. That was oh, the cure. Was it now? So whenever, so whenever I hear bismuth, I always think that's what saved my life. Oh, cute! Oh, that's lovely. Well done, bismuth. Yes. yes good. Better. Yeah, Jethric would have been useful. Oh no, I'm wrong. Situation. I'm wrong. It wasn't. 
bismuth that saved my life from pneumonia. It was when it, I had the stomach infection lining thing, infection of the stomach lining. That's what cured it. Oh, when was that one? That what was? That was when I was sixteen. Yes, I remember that one well. Yes, that was yeah. awful. Okay, yes, I yeah. do remember that one. So that wasn't deafy, but it was. It wasn't nice. bismuth solved. That was quite long running, wasn't it? Until they could work out what the fuck it was. Oh, it was so long. It was like I was lying. I didn't believe me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might just be making it up. Yeah, you're right. I didn't believe it until I actually saw the uh, this, the the picture of inside of my stomach, which was all like my stomach had all been turned into like little worms. Yes, I think I had that image. I think you must have told me that at the time. But yeah. yeah. It was about, it wasn't something like ambrosia creamed rice. It was supposed to be like a melon. Yes, my stomach nice. had been turned into that effectively. Mm. It was all sort of like bubbled and wrong. Yeah. Ew. Nice. Nice. Yes, like that. Okay, so yeah, no, I need to move on swiftly but importantly to dress for success. <gasps> Here we go. We're doing it. Christy's singing. Christy's singing in the background. Have you? No, it's all right. Don't. He, he does this in post, sweetie. <laughs> Christy's trying to give us a song. Hug <laughs> him a lot. I'm gonna get rest for success. Shaping me up for the big time, baby. Get rest for success. Um, okay, so the most important thing I must talk about, and it probably is my favourite thing about the whole story, is Mary Tam's shoes. Fucking hell. They are truly, I don't know how they didn't get more airtime. Like, fucking hell, they were the best thing ever. When she sat down and you, she's like got the dress just over her knees, it must have purely yeah. been to show the boots off. Oh, they were like, they were like ballet boots. They were amazing. They were yeah. sturdy and solid for the snow time, but they were little ballet crossover things all the way up. They were silver. I love a ballet a, crossover. Yeah, a delicate toe to them. There was no clump about. I was always very offended but... by a clumpy shoe as a child. <laughs> I know you the were. amount of fury I had when there was a big fat heel. Oh, they were stunning. They were delicate. They went so <clears throat> perfectly with her dress and the dress. Just the way it was cinched in, just so delicately about her waist as well, like just kind of little Roman gathering at her waist that mm. just made it drape around her hips gorgeously. Oh, it just was the most stunning outfit ever. And then you showed me that image of what they had envisaged before they actually um, had created Yeah, June it. Hudson's drawing, yeah. Oh, it's just so amazing to turn a drawing to life like that. It was exactly as she'd imagined, wasn't it? It was amazing. Yeah. It was so good. Yes. And the coat as well completes the ensemble. Oh, it does. I love the coat. Yeah. Okay. I had a picture on I had a picture on my wall in Eglingham of Romana coming out of the TARDIS, oh, the TARDIS in that. Yeah, I remember. Yes. <laughs> yeah, really well. And that was like one of my favourite posters. Yeah. It was just, it was she just looks ethereal, doesn't she? It's just that how can anyone yeah. look like that? Yeah. She's just almost too glamorous. It's almost impossible. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, also just can, like the two yeah. bits in the, in the TARDIS where she's got her hair up in that gorgeous <gasps> thing and then seconds later it's all down and it's just like, it's so plausible because someone as gorgeous as her would have effortless gorgeous hair in two different styles in the space of two seconds. It's just, it's what happened. <clears throat> so fact fans, that was the very last scene recorded for Reboss and they needed the time that it took them to record the Doctor talking to the Guardian scene, which was the second to last scene recorded, um, that was being filmed whilst Mary Tam was having her hair done to go up for her first scene. Amazing! 
Oh, yes. I love you and your good facts. Good facts. Good facts. That Welcome. is good fact, isn't it? It is. So I don't have yes. much else, even though I need a dress for success t- desperately. All I really feel I can comment on is some amazing hats. Some pretty fantastic Well, let's hats. talk about the hats. The hats. Um, one of the hats is so funny. Garen's isn't... Garen's hat... Right. Do you remember that crap, crappy Battle for the Universe oh, game honestly, that we that had? Was the first thing that came to my head. Honestly, <laughs> that was hilarious. We were just like, that guy has massive black hair everywhere. What is going on? It was the they worst didn't realize it was a hat. ever, wasn't it? It was so bad. Yes. It was so weird. Those characters in that set were all drawn from have you memory. Found them all? Not using any sort of reference material. I want all of and those, those images. They used to make us laugh all the time. I put them on Twitter awful. a while ago. Oh, I put them you? on Twitter. Was Garen on yeah. there? I think so. I definitely because okay. Romana was definitely on there because Romana was insane as well. It was just yeah. so mad. Yeah. yeah. But the, the, if you forget about that, the hats themselves were pretty cool. Like yes. They did ask. They did. It did add quite a lot of drama to the whole thing. It just. Mm. If you'd have just seen like Garen as like a bald guy wheeler dealing it wouldn't have been quite as impressive but that huge fucking hat with the kind of conical thing yeah. at the back just it actually is quite grand it does kind of do something yeah. it's impressive and i i loved um the graf decay's crown which is very russian orthodox mm. crown loved it and i'm sure had a helmet didn't he it wasn't yes, a hat he used to keep bobbing on his nose it looked like it wasn't it quite did crazy. bless him he looked like he had a broken nose almost as much from the helmet as from fighting yeah yes, yes. Um, I did also love um, the breastplate graph indicates breastplate the gold breastplate was gorgeous yeah sweetie very nice Um, who else had a costume there was the red of the guards and the sort of bin rose I quite like she shuffled along in it quite happily it looked plausible it looked like the kind of thing that you would wear when you were down and out in a very cold place like it was it was appropriate wear for the setting yeah it was, yes. But it just, it felt um, like everyone's outfit was just to support Mary Tams. It was just like, could we all just stand around Mary Tam and just look at how gorgeous she is for a while, please, thanks. Um, well, well, the fact the fact that I told you on, by, by message yesterday, was that... Um, that she had approached her cla- her clairvoyant like she had a regular one, which made me laugh. <laughs> Mary Tam approached her clairvoyant about what colour her first outfit should be, and they, and they said white. Now, and that she should avoid red, blue, and green. No, red, green, and purple. She should always avoid those colours, which she, she doesn't does wear. Green and purple, purple and pl- in Androids of Tara. Yeah, exactly. She wears reddish in Stones of Blood. Um, yeah. And in Empire of Kroll, that sort of weird worst outfit yeah. thing. Yeah. Okay. But um, but it was just I think the original idea was that she was she would always wear white and Romana would always be in white. It was a different white costume every week. Oh. But Tom Baker didn't like the fact that it drew all the attention to Mary Tam. <laughs> wow. I think it would have worked really well if she'd have worn white every time, actually. Yes. But really hard to well, maintain. Well, if you think of... <laughs> I know. I mean, that outfit they had several of because it kept it kept dragging on the floor and she kept tripping up over it, so they kept having to sh- shrink it by, by freezing it or making it cold. Oh. But um, Armageddon Fact is white, isn't it, as well? That, that oh, more yeah. of a dress sort of thing, yeah. yeah. Not too it dissimilar, does work. really, in style. Yeah. Yeah. It does work for her, yeah. Oh, just, yeah, I feel like... 
that's the one time that Doctor Who just got it so wonderfully correct. Like, there's just, you can't fault any part of those outfits. So, well done. This dressing success has been such a success. Yes, tick. Yep, liked it. The first dress that I had, the white dress, there was a very, very good costume designer called June Hudson who designed that. And um, do, you, do you know any, well, you must have heard of Scylla Black in England. She's a singer. She used to sing with the Beatles. Do you know who I mean? She's, got, she's very, very um, high profile at the moment because she's got her own show and everything. And we went along to Scylla Black's dressmaker, who also, I think, designed for Shirley Bassey. So you can, you know, because that, that dress was so fabulous. I've got one word for you, sweetie. Mm. Tell me. Suzerainty. Love the word suzerainty. I didn't hear suzerainty. What does suzerainty well, mean? Well, su- suzerainty is usually something I hear of, hear, well, sorry, I associate more with Androids of Tara because Mary Tam has that speech as Princess Strella about the suzerainty. It's about the giving of power, I think, or okay. power over something, suzerainty. But I hadn't realised it's in Reboss as well because it said early on about suzerainty on Reboss as well. Oh, was that in the contract or something? I think it might have been in the contract, yes. If it were true, the conglomerate would not be selling. Ah, but wait, there's a condition. Whilst relinquishing freehold and suzerainty in the planet Rebos in the constellation of Skyther, Magellanic mining, etc., etc., retains to itself its subsidiaries and appointed agents the exploitation of the mineral wealth of the said planet in perpetuity. They know about it, Shalak. I, I just want to be absolutely sure. <laughs> Whoa! Was that a joke? Was. Sure, sure. Ah. sure. Ah. Um, so the hustle was... <laughs> I love how you've got your eyes closed oh, as you're I'm trying just, to tell me. I know, I'm really trying to make sure I got it right. So make the graph think that there's loads of Jethric there where there really isn't. Um, and the way we'll do that is hide it in the cabinet and also we'll... Why was he in? He was just there to kind of say, "Oh yeah, that was he there to say it was Scringe Stone, like, or was that just he shouldn't have even been involved in that bit? Like, was that yeah, all part so of the plan? I think Unstuff was meant to sort of suggest that that was Scringe Stone, and but all the stuff about it being his father's stone yeah, and about that's it, he, he went, went too, too far. far. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that was. So the, really, the, the plan was quite basic, really. It was clever, and it wasn't too, it wasn't too unnecessarily complex. And it was the complicated yeah. bit that made it not work. But the other bit that used to complicate, I find complicated, which isn't complicated at all, is, of course, they can't actually sell the planet. So they have to actually get, get the money. Yeah. They have to get the OPEX, which are put in the safe, and get them from there. Yes. Because they can't they actually aren't able to sell a planet, yeah. but I also love the fact that they're actually selling a planet. I love the bravado of that. Yes, that they could and sell it. But it is so good that they kind of referenced like people in the past who sold Sydney Harbour Bridge and Sydney Opera House because yeah. there is like quite a long history of that happening, isn't there? Like a guy who sold the Eiffel Tower about three times and yeah, the Tower of London or something like that. There's just it does London, London Bridge, wasn't it? London, London Bridge, Bridge and they thought it was Tower Bridge. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, they've just there's there's been a lot of those occur, and I just I did love that scene of Garen kind of reminiscing about his the, the good old days of him hustling, and it just it, all, it did all feel quite lovely. And then the Doctor really 
enjoying it with him like he was like, oh yeah that sounds brilliant kind of thing like he wasn't judging him he wasn't like rude about him like Romano was like a little bit disgusted but like really between the two of them Garen and Tom Baker were having the best time just talking about being like hustler types it was yeah I really did enjoy that I felt like the doctor had kind of met someone not on his level but just someone who actually he would have quite enjoyed going to the pub with he wasn't annoyed by Garen at all he quite enjoyed his his bravado and how um, quick-witted he was, I think. Yeah, it came after me <laughs> with a machine gun. Uh, it's the most harrowing experience. <laughs> I never went back. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Doctor, there are men out there planning to kill us and you're just sitting here chattering. Uh, uh, please don't panic, Romana. Come and sit down. Come on, come and sit down. Listen, when you face death as often as I have, this is much more fun. Go on, Garen. I wanted to talk to you about... Um, an early whiff of the internet in this story. Oh, yeah. So there's a point at which they talk about going back to the ship and contacting using something called a hypercable in order to send a message. And I thought, oh, that sounds very much like a hyperlink or yes, a hypertext. Yeah. I was wow. quite impressed with that. Yes. Yeah. And I, had, I hadn't noticed that before, so I wrote that down. No, that's pretty <laughs> nice. I like a bit of that. Um, yes. But yeah, didn't you find it strange that everyone did trust what the seeker said like that was the bit that really confused me like if someone screamed like that at me i'd be like yeah no i'll probably look somewhere else first like it just it didn't seem plausible but i, was I think like, it oh, made right, sense i think it made sense on backward reboss because they were but in the, the dark ages wasn't backwards and he was going with yeah it. but he's mental I think he believe it was his destiny and his he would have a religious mania i think a, a divine right of kingship sort of vibe so i think he'd be more likely to be on the superstitious side right that's that's how i read it okay, okay. yes i can yes. down with that but i mean she was right i mean it was like i was like well done <laughs> you're pretty good at that seeking actually after all giving <laughs> your mad antlers good job um bones of our fathers bones of our kings seek and find by the flesh that once clothed you by the spirit that moved you seek seek and find Seek Primitive mumbo jumbo. They believe in it. Find. The captain says it never fails. Come to the circle, gods of the ice. Come to the circle. Come to the bones. Show, show, show what I seek. Ah! The seeker was the only element of the story that the doctor and the doctor, Marisa and John, didn't enjoy. <laughs> They didn't enjoy it. They were like, oh, she's too much. I'm like, I like her. Yeah, but I felt really... like I wasn't allowed to like her. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. I think I did write some stuff about her that I did quite enjoy. She was... Um... Yeah. Oh, yeah. The ice gods! <laughs> Shut up, old woman. <laughs> oh, you know how I'm always looking for a connection to our previous stories? Yes, Always. Always, I found one. I was so happy when I found it accidentally. Um, do you remember how in Fury from the Deep the Doctor warned Jamie and Victoria about the steps being sl- slippery? Oh, yes. In this one, the Doctor says to Romana, careful, these steps are treacherous. He did. And then right behind Romana, Trundle's canine. And I'm like, well, you probably need to warn him first because he's <laughs> What well, they said there was that brilliant line about canine being so slow back in these days. The doctor says, "Come on, canine, and don't stop at all the corners." <laughs> yeah, he just said that. It was cute. I love that. 
because he always does. He, he has does. to. Yeah, you kind of. Yeah, there was no choice. That 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 smelt of Tom Baker's frustration with having to wait for that yes, prop forever. It did feel like something that he added in there, definitely. Yeah. And there's another totally. line in there actually that I feel like needed saying was, "I was going to make a touching speech, but my throat's a bit dry." <laughs> <laughs> Is that what I said? Karen said that to Unstop. Did you oh. not remember? Oh, it was so no, lovely. that's brilliant. I was going to make a touch. I love how he was judging his own speech. I was going to make a touching speech. It would have been wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really like that. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Yes. Really was. I had a comment um, I wrote down about episode three was that episode three is unlike episode three in most Doctor Who stories because episode three is often padding because they've done the setup. There's been some danger in there. Episode three is kind of padding until you get to the big final showdowns, episode four. But for this story, episode three was easily the best. Yeah. Because it had it had Binro, it had the Seeker, it had um, all the wonderful dialogue um, about the dirty gang. And it didn't feel it let up for a minute. And I thought episode two was slightly slower and a bit like, I'm not really sure what this is building towards. Was... But three, I just thought was... It was action packed. I thought it yeah. was just—it yeah. really could. It felt like it could have been a six-episode in like the Doctor Who world. It shouldn't have been, but like it's—it's yeah. the, it's the amount of content they would usually use for six episodes. It really—it did have something happening all the time. The speed with mm. which they got to the to the hustle was great, and the the payout was quite early. And then, and then straight away you're just struck by the coolest character ever to be in Doctor Who with Bloody Bin Row, and it was just yeah, it was. An awful lot going on. It was oh, and then the outfit. <laughs> yeah. Now, one theme that I hadn't picked up on before because I think it's it's funny, isn't it? When you podcast about something or you know you're going to podcast about it, you sort of look at it in a bit more detail and you think about things in a bit more detail than you otherwise would. I find, and I felt that the theme of the reboss operation. Tell me if you think I'm reaching too much. Is all about learning. And how Romana comes into it. She's like triple first at the academy, but she doesn't know enough about life. And life experience of the Doctor is more important on Reboss. And so there's that learning angle there with her and the threat. And actually the thing with Fury from the Deep again, academic versus um, life experience again. But um, the interesting thing is that you've also got Binro and his, isn't his... Yeah, in episode four, he says there's always something to learn. And it's also about his learning that he was right. I feel there's definite something there that they could have maybe brought out a bit more, but there's something around learning versus experience. Yeah, and it was definitely... That felt like the the important factor between Tom and Mazza throughout was him kind of imparting his information. But it didn't feel so much... It wasn't completely like him teaching and her learning. It did no. feel like it very equal in that she just she was able to take the piss out of him really wonderfully. And like the things that she was being taught were very much like, yeah, fucking obvious kind of thing. Like she there's a couple of times when she was like, Oh yeah, no, I probably wouldn't have thought of that kind of thing. But essentially she was like, Yeah, obviously twat. Um, but just let him say it anyway. Like she just kind of I felt like there was a lot of allowing him to have the teacher role, even though like it was obvious stuff. It was just like, look, this is the role that I'm going to take. You will be the the teacher, and I am going to to just listen. Um, but it's mm-hmm. it, it didn't feel like something that she wasn't already aware of. Like there's a couple of times maybe, but aside from that, I just yeah. felt like she was kind of 
she kind of had that stuff and, and like when she well, obviously when she's saying things like never bicker like you just she was like she wasn't really saying okay i've really learned something here she was just like yeah okay i'm doing all the listening that i'm supposed to do um but yeah. it, it wasn't brilliantly useful stuff i love the scene in which um garen gives the tracer back to romana yes <laughs> you, you, you dropped this yes into your hand <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> brilliant Oh, my dear. <laughs> oh, there you are. I've been looking for you everywhere. <laughs> you uh, <clears throat> dropped this into your hand, yes. Yeah, no, she she really, they, those knowing looks, just, they said so much. They were so good. I liked yeah. also how uh, the thing that she kept focused on throughout, that just felt like her role, it just felt like good acting to me, was like the whole time she was focused on, we just need the key to time. Like, all right, there may be all this other shit going on. Not really that interested. Um, whereas the doctor, obviously, that's always his focus. That's the only thing he cares about. Okay, we'll get something else if we need to. But like, she was just like, okay, so where's the key to Need to get that sorted. And like, that's what you really would be like in that situation. But yeah, the doctor's. Yeah, I guess that's the bit where he teaches her, isn't it? Where he's like, oh, did you not realise? <laughs> yeah. To Jeffrey because of blah 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 blah. <laughs> it's just. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, but I love the fact that the Doctor throughout the Key to Time season is is so uninterested in putting the se- finding the segments, and yes. it's always Romana who has the agency around that. But it's yeah. also because she doesn't he doesn't want to be controlled. He doesn't want to do anything that he's been told to do. Yeah, and um, but also because he feels like he's got all the time in the world, and you know, the he more, more see fun the imp- will be had by having the adventure than actually finding yeah. any pieces. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, yes. Oh, I like that piece as well with Garen when he was like, I uh, had a bit of a struggle with my conscience, but luckily I won. Um, but <laughs> not only was that like a nice little line, but again, it kind of, it, it came at a point where you felt like Sholak and the Graf really probably should have been struggling with their consciences. Like they were really being quite grotesque at that stage and they were like really talking they had had this moment where they were just sharing in each other's cruelty and they were having this like little banter thing and then soon after then you have Garen saying about struggling with his conscience and it just to me that was one of the themes that kind of came out yes was just a lot of kind of who really are the bad guys who should be thinking about their conscience who should be kind of um, who really has the morals in these situations? Yeah, um, and yeah, that that just kind of was was quite a strong theme that kept coming out of this. And I guess another part was like with Binro as well, just that that guard who was just so mocking and awful with him. And it was just like in his world, he was completely right to be awful to Binro because he was a heretic. You know, you just you're not mm. nice to heretics, but it, it, one man's heretic is another man's kind of. Yeah, genius kind of thing. So it just kind of it was just that moral view on everything where your morals are very much dependent on your circumstances. And if the circumstances aren't quite correct, then um yeah, then you're considered a lot differently to the way you should be. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. It is. What did you think about Prentice Hancock going a bit rogue with the cannon towards the end? I thought that was a bit odd. I think I looked away and it was one of those moments where I was like what the fuck? Where did that come from? Because he, to that. Because he suddenly has that cannon. And he's like, I'll close the catacombs forever. And I'm like, well, I don't think you would. As the captain of the Shreve, hmm. you would not be thinking, oh, I'm going to blow up the catacombs. Yeah. It where all the, like where all the dead like people are. Loose it was, script writing, definitely. It, it was, was just, bizarre. It was unnecessary to... 
it, they needed an end. They needed a way to yeah. kind of tie things up in bow. And that, I guess, did it. But yeah, no, it was a, a it was an, a strange thing that didn't really, yeah, didn't yeah. work with the situation. But I have to say, the Graf's death is one of my favourite deaths in Doctor Who, where he's off with the thermite pack and he walks on the corridor and he's, he's, he hears the battle sounds in his ears and he's like, yes. Sherlock, to me, to me, and all that. I love that. It's so good. Yeah. Oh, the insanity, yeah, just... but also the passion. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, he's full of his own kind of, yeah, his madness, isn't he? He's just absolutely consumed with it. All but one of us! Shalek! 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 To me! To me! Judge! Onwards! explain that line to me I always feel like I miss it and I wonder whether or not it's just that the fact is they're just taking the piss out of Mary Tam but um when um when the doctor and Garen are talking about what actually happened um and Mary Tam goes quite clever really um and everyone else is just like mm. <laughs> it was just like it's a really uncomfortable silence but it's like deliberately did you, you know, the one just almost at the very end where they're having their kind of Scooby-Doo moment where they're kind of talking yeah. through like yeah. what just happened. And she says, oh, yes, it's quite clever. And they're all kind of laughing with each other. And then she says, yeah, it's quite clever, really. And then suddenly everyone just stops. And it's just... It's is, that, really... is that the bit where he says, I do dislike faint praise? Is yes, it that bit? maybe that's it. Yes. I think it's the fact that he, she's saying it's clever. And she's like, he's like, well, of course it is. It's more clever than you're saying it is, I think, is the right. issue, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I just, I couldn't, I, I felt really odd. I felt like if I missed something here, but yeah. I now wonder whether I have as well, so I'm not feeling too confident about my response. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully I do have I, I, do, I do love the fact that there's a double switcheroo at the end again, though, yes. that they think they've got the Jethric. It's yeah. Like, yeah, and it's like also the kind of the viewers in on this because they make it really obvious that Garen's taken it so you're like shit what's happened there and like you're just kind of you're not quite sure whether or not the doctor switched it back and yeah it was quite beautifully done yes and I do like the fact that Romana says goodbye like she does in Sons of Blood although thankfully she doesn't say thanks for everything (laughs) 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 thanks for everything yeah she's just quite cheery and polite though isn't she yeah she is she would say goodbye to people she would you would sweetie Yes. yes, but um, they do sort of hover over this. They can't decide who's going to do the segment transformation, can they? For quite a while, right? I thought that was yes. weird. Yeah, I think you it, do it. No, you do it. It was a bit of a <laughs> yeah. I guess it was a, an unpower play, wasn't it? It was them all being quite yes. polite. But yeah, it does feel like Romana's thing. She, like you say, she has ownership of the whole key to time thing. She cares more than anyone. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So um. What do you think about the name Romana? Oh, it's quite nice. (laughs) (laughs) I was um, reading that originally the idea was not to shorten Romana Adveratralunda to Romana, but to, guess what he was going to call her all series? Lundy? (laughs) No, it's worse. (laughs) Oh, tree. Romy, Romy. 
quite like Romy. Oh, do you? Yeah, I think it's pretty. I struggle with it in the context of thinking that he would that Romana would have been called Romy. Yeah, oh. it feels wrong. But yeah, no, but that's only because it feels wrong. Yeah, yeah, just because we know it so well now. I do like that. I do because I've got that in my email address as well. I have to spell Romana virtually daily, so I've got rid of. Um, the need to spell my name with my first and my surname but because you can't get alexharper at gmail.com I've had to put bloody Romana in somewhere and so I actually have to fucking spell Romana virtually every single day it's quite frustrating so so could you summarise what you feel about the reboss operation Um, it is a collection of the most wonderful script writing with really beautiful characters and I just feel annoyed with myself and everyone else for not lauding it as much as it needed to be. It's it's beautiful. It's it it's worthy of so much more praise than it seems to get. It's really a stunning story that really is doesn't let you down in, in any way. Like there's n- there's not much unnecessary crap in there. Like they it's action packed with things but also with beautiful dialogue i mean just honestly just imagine pip and jane baker just having to listen to that dialogue <laughs> <laughs> how dare you even think that you were worthy of writing for doctor who when the stuff like that's gone before it's yeah just exactly. a really beautiful story with amazing acting like there was no bad acting in there like no it was yeah. solid everyone did such a good job um, yeah, no, really good one that I would in future recommend to people as like an entry to Doctor Who because it just, it worked so well. Yeah. I think it was a masterpiece and I think it all the elements worked. It has a real feel that is cohesive, a script that hits all the marks and a story that's different and interesting, this whole idea of this hustle and this big con, and I just think that's really interesting and fun. Mm. Um, and, yeah, the costumes, the the introduction of Romana, I think that's done really well. Yeah. And I just love how important she is. Um, arguably, she gets less important as the series goes on, and she doesn't have quite so much agency, but she starts off wonderfully strong. And I think Robert Holmes proves he can write for Doctor Who in... It's one of the best writers we ever had. And it made me fall in love a bit with the show again because I think we've had a period of watching not-so-great Doctor Who. Yeah. Or Doctor Who that's we've had to imagine a bit because it's been reconstructed. And I'm trying to think the last one where I really, really enjoyed it. And yeah. I can't. Probably yeah. Revenge of the Cybermen was... So, yeah. You're right. It's been a while. Yeah, no, it has. It's been, it's been beautiful to have this again. It, it wasn't... For, for the show, I don't feel like I did this for the pod. I did it and I really enjoyed it. It was, yeah, yes. it was it was just something that added to my week. Indeed. Yes, rather than taking away. Yes. Adding, not taking away. Yeah. <laughs> yes. so, so, Hall of Fame. So many, so many. Okay, Binro, top of the frickin' list. But then Unstoff and Garen, like, they both need to be in there separately because they're amazing. The The Graf Graf. needs to be in there. Yes. Sholak needs to be in there. Uncle Prent, I feel like he's a lovely chap, but I don't know if he needs to be in there. He didn't do bad, but he didn't have much to say. No. 
I think oh. yes. So we're leaving. I think. Are we leaving Sherlock out if we can only do I think we are, even though I like the character of Sherlock and he's well-rounded and stuff. I think the other four must take precedence. We're not even putting the Seeker in there. <gasps> oh, my God. She doesn't say a lot. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, yeah. she screams We didn't do Hall of Fame for Fury from the Deep. I completely and utterly what forgot. What the hell? I know. So, rude. it's like I don't care. Yeah. God, it could have had the um, Harris's and... <laughs> Did you notice in the edit how many I don't knows there were in the end? Oh, I so appreciate how many I don't. Edit, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I love that you found so many and put them in there. It was so Honestly, there were about 30 others I didn't edit really? in. <laughs> yeah, there were so many. I couldn't believe Because I was listening to you last time thinking, I don't know really what she's talking about. <laughs> I'm just going to go with it. I don't know. <laughs> And then it was like, I did a, I did an edit find search on how many I don't knows were in Fury from the Deep and there was like 46. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh, I appreciate that. I feel like I did, yeah. I did proper finding of stuff. <laughs> you did. You absolutely did. Oh, so, we're not yes, going to go onto like the pirate that. planet next time. We no, should, we're I not. feel like we ought, but we're not going to the pirate planet. No, we're not. No. Yes. No. Um... Are we get, we're going to do a third Doctor next time, aren't we? Aren't we? Twee. Are twee. Aren't, aren't well, as I said last time, I'll keep repeating, we're behind on McCoy and we're behind on Hartnell. Oh, God. What's No, we should definitely do a John Pertwee. Listen, because my season eight set has arrived. My season <gasps> eight Blu-ray set has arrived. What's season so, eight? That is... You've got to choose between these five and these five only. And I know you're going to really struggle. If they're all Joe, so I'll, I'll kill you. They're all Joe. I hate Joe. <laughs> you can't say you hate Joe. I She's love like Joe. Most of... Friend of the Mon show. Mon would not be happy about you hating Mon Joe. Mon would be furious. Oh, my God. I bet she loves Liz more, though. Okay. Mon, I like, I like Joe, Mon. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, listen. Terror of the Autons. Uh-huh. The Mind of Evil. Uh-huh. Claws of Axos. <laughs> Colony in Space. Or the Ooh. Demons. Ooh. They're five. Oh, God. Well, not the Demons. I can tell you that for now. I um, love the Demons. Oh, no. Not, not. I, I'm going to say not Claws of Axos, so we've both denied one. <laughs> okay, what was... I think, well, probably Terror of the Autumns, to be honest. Yeah? Yeah. I think that's I know, a good call. I've probably only seen it. I think I've only seen it twice, but I only remember seeing it once. Yeah, let's do it. Do it. Good. Yes. Chosen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> she always has really good food. Let's sit with her at the back. <laughs> <laughs> this is appropriate clothing for a geography field school field trip, miss. <laughs> no, you got it right. <laughs> nice. Oh, such a good one. Yes, I feel like yes. I need to see that again. Um, okay, right. I'm leaving you now because you're too slow and your internet connection isn't good enough. <laughs> Mine. <laughs> I love how you can Shit. take offence at an internet connection. <laughs> yes, it Cheeky is my bitches. internet connection. Yes. Stupid. Oh, have you noticed that they've been referencing lucky bitches in um, RuPaul? Yes. 
I didn't think anyone else knew lucky bitches because we said Alexa. Yeah, we said Lawrence. They were those lucky bitches. (laughs) (laughs) I must admit, I was very happy when Lawrence said that. It was cool. Yes. Oh, also Lawrence Cheney. Did I tell you about his final look last last in the last episode? Oh, it was very Eldrad must live. Yes. And he went on to Twitter to say it was based on Eldrad. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I had no one idea. Of, now, the, even better, one of the um, one of our um, Twitter friends, and he's called Hair of the Hound. Um, he is one of our followers and he likes our stuff. Oh, nice. Um, and, you know, he connects with us. I don't know whether he's a regular listener to the podcast, but certainly he's around the Loves ballpark. Loves us. Loves yes. us. Yes. Well, he um, he's the one who asked Lawrence Cheney on Twitter, um, was it based on Eldrad, and shared a picture. And Lawrence said, yes, directly. <laughs> oh, amazing. Yes. Oh, that's so cool. But it worked, didn't it? Because as soon as I saw it, that was what I thought. But it was it was loose enough for it not to be like a direct rip. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Very yeah. pleased with that. Yes, because I so, knew Tia Coffee was a class was a new Doctor Who fan, but I didn't realise Lawrence Cheney was a classic no. Doctor Who fan. You never expected it. Although, if I had to hear any more talking about the order of that comedy, those comedy routines, I think I would have thrown something at the TV. <laughs> it's like, either you're shit at comedy or you're not, regardless of what order you were going to perform in. Yeah. <laughs> so, who do you want to win currently? Uh, I think I want Bimini to win because okay. I wanted Bimini to win from the start. Yeah. But, um, and I think she will win. Yeah. I'm quite confident. I think you, yeah. Bimini or Lawrence seems like the likely winners, I think. The UK's next drag race superstar is... Lawrence Cheney. Congratulations, Lawrence. Good. Yes. I'm going now. I'm leaving Bye. you. Bye. Bye. Make sure you send me all the files and I'll make sure they're easily files. labelled and they are good. I will do that right now. Honestly, old people now are walking around like the evil dead at the moment. They can do whatever they like. <laughs> Licking young people up the legs. <laughs> it's just like horrible. It's like you can see them bold as brass and also they're all Brexiteery as well. So it's even worse than Walden walking around like, I've got the British vaccine. 